Welcome to episode 145 of the Man Who Save Football, the Dundalk FC fancast. Double bill in this episode. We have to look back. We hit rock bottom in Galway with a dismal performance, but since then, somewhat rehabilitated on Friday against Pats. A decent first half, albeit ending in defeat. And then, something that would have been a really big result a few years ago, an absolute hammering of Cork City, which probably understates that it's not quite the same fixture as it was a few years ago. But if we look at the improvement since the nightmare in the West, how do you evaluate our progress? Definitely a major improvement in that first half. And in Chicor, we actually looked like a team that was playing decent football. And uh, i go as far as to say, like we dominated the first half in terms of possession. But possession, you know, doesn't put the ball in the back of the net, nor does it um, get you the three points. So whilst I was happy to see the first half because I wasn't expecting that kind of a performance in the first half. Uh, I was, you know, really disappointed by the, the way we we um we conceded the two goals in the second half. It was almost as if Pats were brought in at halftime and said, "Look, how many times have I said, stick the ball in over the top, you'll get a goal." That's just the way you can score against this Dundalk team. Now we did have a, a very makeshift back back four as well. Um, we'll probably talk about that um later on a bit from last night's game. Um. But yeah, I, I thought that we 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 played very well in in the first half um, against Pats, so that was good. But then the result was poor. But um, results in 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 this league, as we have seen, like from that night, they've just been off off the wall. It's just been crazy results. You wouldn't expect, you know, the other results um, to happen. It's almost as if was it you that said it, Ken? Um, it's the league that nobody wants to win. Um, it's just. Uh, it's just bizarre. But anyway, go back to our own performance, uh, taking, you know, all the positive aspects from Friday night and bringing them into Oriel on Monday night. Like, I won't lie, I did say to you that, you know, if I could just press the button and say, right, okay, that's the end of the season. I've seen enough, you know, we'll, we'll take it from where it is and we'll just we'll just go, go from there and, and look forward to next season. I would have. But then Monday night, you, you were much more uh, optimistic, Ken. On last night's game, but I just didn't know what to expect after the previous two games. But I was very, I was very pleasantly surprised by our performance then um, last night. Cork are poor, okay, we have to have to say that. But I just thought our performance was really, really good last night. I thought we were quite ruthless. We were very, very good in possession, and um, Daryl Horgan was it was immense. And uh, I just thought we were we were obviously well worth the the the, the win. I five goals, absolutely amazed. At that, but um, yeah, I think we've kind of turned it around a little bit, and then that always gives you that little bit of a uh, hope. You kind of go, yeah, well, maybe roll on, draw it on Friday night, and who knows what we'll see, you know, because that's just the kind of uh, the league it is. So I'm kind of back in uh, taking my finger off that, you know, end the season buzz because who knows what can happen. And the the entertainment that's why we go to Oriel Park. We love the Dock FC, but you know, the entertainment's always good, and the entertainment looks like it's going to there's going to be an awful lot more entertainment before this season's over. I want to say that uh, I'm delighted for the the lads, right? Uh, I guess the the players skip the you know the the management staff because I think they've had a really tough month, and nobody could deny that they have definitely had their fair share of criticism uh, in the past month. They've taken it, as far as I can tell, pretty stoically, right? Nobody has come out and complained or thrown a strop or you know had their say on social media or Twitter or anything like that, or, you know, this kind of thing. They've just absorbed, I think, everything that's been thrown at them. So I think last night's result was, you know, I think a rich reward for a, a gang of people, right, who've had to, to soak all of that up. Now, at the same time, I think 
the truth of the the matter about like what this dog FC side are like is a little bit in the middle, right? Of the the yin and yang of you know the horror of Galway and uh, the result that we we saw last night against Cork. And I think you know in the middle of those two games we've got a match at uh, Richmond Park and Inchicore that I thought was one of the most predictable games that we've seen in Dundalk this season. I think we dominated possession, right? We looked good in the first half. We, you know, for a change, actually made some reasonably clear-cut chances. But once again, we didn't put the ball in the back of the net. And we failed to keep the ball out of the net at the other end of the field, right? And I think even if you look back at the Galway game, right, once again in the Galway game, right, we dominated possession and territory and, like, all these kinds of things. But we, you know, continually got suckered over and over again with uh, set pieces and things like this. And so, you know, Friday at Richmond Park felt very predictable uh, in that sense. And I have to admire Skip to a degree because he absolutely sticks to his guns, right? He believes in a way of this team playing. And that is dominating possession, playing, you know, a super high line, you know, having the most of the play in the opposition half. But I think there's a lot of questions about whether we really have the players to do that or, you know, we really make the system work in a way that unlocks tight defenses. And I think you know, Pats really got their, their tactics right in that they tried to, you know, absorb a fair bit of pressure and then just play, you know, sort of on the break, right? They didn't really seem to have any intention of trying to dominate the game or play possession football and stuff like that. Like, Pats were quite direct. And the thing is, as soon as they sort of stepped up the tempo a little bit in the, the second half and the intensity, we absolutely folded under pressure, right? And I think, you know, even though we made a couple of chances, I think 3-1 was a reasonable reflection you know, of the, the scoreline in terms of the effectiveness of those two teams. And I think, you know, looking back on it, Pats are not a particularly good team. Like, they are very ordinary, and yet they comfortably won that game, right? And I feel that was sort of the microcosm of our season uh, while watching that, because, like I say, it was very predictable. It was just the formula for how do you beat this, this dog side. I think... Against Cork, you know, we absolutely turned them over. I think Skip said in his aftermatch comments that, you know, we were much more clinical. And we were, right? When the chances, you know, came along, we took them very well. I think maybe the, the second goal is the most amazing thing, right? Daryl Horgan's goal. You know, he completely predicts a misplaced backwards header to the goalkeeper. And even watching it again in the, the highlights reel back again, like, it's like he knows it's going to happen. It's not just, you know, I'll wander into this area in case it might happen. Like, he makes an absolute beeline for where the ball ends up going, and I have no idea like, just how he gets that fortunate. It's like he, you know, has some kind of premonition of what's going to happen. But that, I suppose, is a level of, you know, clinicalness that we certainly haven't seen from this team in quite a while. And I think, you know, once Dundalk get in the lead in this, you know, kind of game, I think the pressure's off a little bit. And I think that really showed where the team let loose. I think a couple of players really, you know, stood up uh, very well as well. You know, after a period of time of everybody struggling, I think Paul Doyle in the first half was really good. I also thought he was really good at Richmond Park, uh, right? I think pretty disheartening to see him, you know, limp off again last night. But I thought he was excellent, you know, for, for most of the couple of games. And I think, you know, we talked about a few episodes ago how we missed his, you know, sort of presence where he was, you know, you know, this tempo setter in the middle of the park. And I think in the two games, he did a really good job of that. Um, maybe he wasn't, you know, sort of closed down or marked as heavily as, you know, he had been earlier in the season. Like he seemed to be missing that spark. 
But in these two games, right, he really seemed to come to the fore, and I thought he was great. I thought Daryl Horgan was excellent, right, as well, where he played really well. I think both games, particularly against Cork, right, I think in the first half he was involved in everything, right? The, the three goals, uh, he had a part to play in every single one of them. And then I think Archie Davies as well, right, was again excellent. I think uh, John on co-commentary, right, was calling it his consistency, right? Every game he's, you know, putting it in. He's making those runs down the right-hand side. He's creating chances. He's been effective, right? I think uh, <laughs> if his attempted, you know, sort of headers and stuff like that uh, in defense were a little bit better, I think that is the only thing that he can really work on in his game at the moment because, you know, we got incredibly lucky that he didn't manage to give away a goal at the end of the first half. And I think another player who came in for a lot of criticism the past few weeks, Nathan Shepard, made a really outstanding save from Ruri Keating. I think if that ball goes into the net and it's 3-1 at halftime and Cork on a bit of a bounce, it's a very different start to the second half. And so I think that was a really important, you know, sort of double save. And again, I thought like he had a really good game where he sort of stood up and was counted. Um, I wouldn't say that about all the players, right? There were some players I still think were, you know, very quiet by their usual standards. But I think, you know, credit where it's due was a good win. And like I say, it relieves a bit of the pressure. But I don't think we can turn around and say that like everything is fixed. And now it's back to the sunlit uplands. Uh, of the Drogheda United game, right? I think that's going to be a much more intense game. Uh, I think Drogheda are on a pretty good run themselves, right? And have some fairly dangerous players, some good results recently. So, you know, I think that's going to be a really tough game. And I think we're going to have to go up another level if we want to take anything from that. Yeah, uh, like I would say, like not to be like uh, super negative and all this, but one problem with the Cork result is that it could completely paper over and hide uh, reality. Um, and Dundalk could be walking in, but kind of self-confidently, you know, and fans could be walking into no another uh, disaster because I would say, first of all, the Pats result in a way was really, really bad because the first half we were so dominant and put in such a good shift. And then you, you think like, wow, like in the shadow of the Galway results to put in that first half against Pats who, you know, have this tentative title challenge, they're at home. They're they're the ones with all the momentum behind them. And in the first half, we really bring it to them. And we had like at least two really good chances in the first half. With the majority of the possession, we bossed that first half. And then almost immediately in the second half, it's just a total implosion. And it's because we can't defend at all. And, you know, another makeshift roll of the dice defense, that's never going to help, you know, when you're constantly chopping and changing things. But as Martin said, Pat's had our number because like the two goals are both uh, identical build-ups in some way. They we were playing a high line and they just dropped a ball over the top and then we're left for dead. And one thing I would say about the first goal is I don't think it was an inevitable goal. Uh, I think there were still chances to stop that ball, um, and you know it just it kind of it cruises past. I mean. Um, so when Lonergan uh, hits the ball in, and um, Mulroney doesn't even get a touch on it, but Dundalk players had a chance, I think, to have stopped that ball. Um, and then for the second one, I mean, I think you know, Lonergan's on fire and both goals were, were really well taken, especially with the chip. But the fact of the matter is, as Martin said, it's like they it's like they were the, the rebels with the plans to the Death Star and they had, you know, the, the exact way of just nuking us. Um, because both times they just, you know, completely um uh kind of uh 
they took advantage of the fact that we had this kind of makeshift centre-back pairing and uh, exposed us twice. Um, and then, you know, obviously, setting that one on, you know, we, we got one back in a slight thing, but I think the, you know, the damage had been done. So that's what I think was most frustrating about that Pats game and kind of you can hold up that first half result, first half performance as the potential. But what's the point in potential when you completely implode um, with, you know, in, in goals that were uh, not inevitable? So it just exposed our defensive frailties. And then going into the Cork game, again, it's 5-0. It's against Cork. It definitely much needed. Hopefully gives the players some confidence hopefully turns out some of the pressure because I think some fans, I'll be frank, we're saying some quite frankly ridiculous stuff about, you know, the management team and things of like this at this stage. We talked about it in the last podcast. I mean, I think some people really need to calm down. But um, so in some ways, hopefully it eases all that. But at the same time, I would also say that Cork were so extremely bad in some ways. I mean, it's funny enough, I think like the first goal in the game that Cork conceded is the kind of goal that we've been conceding recently. Um, they put in a Dundalk-esque performance. Um, and, you know, we were at home. It's also not, I, I wouldn't want to downplay some aspects of Dundalk's performance because I think, again, Horgan was really good. I thought Sam Durant took that goal amazingly. I think really great to see that, you know, um, show his potential. I thought, again, Archie Davies was really good. Shep putting in great saves. So there was great performances there. But Cork are so bad that my fear would be that it gives everyone a false dawn. And, you know, as you said, there's much tougher tests to come. That's possibly a a negative spin on things. The positive spin on things is that, you know, if you maybe this is now Daryl Horgan really up and running because I, w- I will say first half against pa- uh, against Pats as well. He really, you know, he, he had some great chances. Uh, he was running the show uh, last night, and maybe that is you know can really fuel the confidence of the team. So we're showing we can get goals and again, even with Kelly on Friday. Um, we're starting you know again to unlock that potential for goal scoring. The big fear is down the other end. Um, I mean, Cork had some chances. Shep saved our skin. But Cork are an extremely bad side. Any team better than Cork, and I think you're getting a repeat of what Galway and Pat said to us. That's, to be negative, that's my big fear, is that our defence is absolutely shot. Um, and I know, right, I know, Ken, you're going to talk about the game now, but just moving slightly on to what's to come for the rest of the season. I mean, I would say our season is over. And um, I think talk of European football is crazy, to be honest with you. Um, I think sixth is it. I would, I would, you know, that if you don't want me to put money on it, we're finishing sixth. Um, but there are tougher tests to come. And I just don't think we've any fuel left in the tank to do anything. I would write it off, and then start looking ahead to next season to rebuild. You know what I'm going to do with that bit of audio that you've just said? If we go on some magnificent run and get European football, I'm going to clip that and put it over a goal montage of us finishing third. Because now hope springs eternal. I'm going to engage in some wild-eyed boosterism here. We've gone from absolutely abject performance in Galway, which was absolutely terrible. We said at the time, that's the type of performance that gets people sacked. Thankfully, that didn't happen. I thought Pats was about rehabilitation rather than the result. 
could we field a functional team that could get back to basics? Because Galway was just so terrible. We like everybody was playing below par. We played at a slow pace. We got ripped open time and time again by a basic team with basic tactics. No disrespect to Galway and best of luck to them in the rest of the cup. But what we saw in the first 45 in Richmond Park was confidence building in the fact that here we were now treading balls together, moving forward. Skip made as many changes, I think, as he could, as the squad would allow. It was interesting to see Robbie Benson come in at left back. I think... Personally, you know, a lot of people were lamenting the loss and the concession of goals. I think the biggest blow we got that night was his two yellow cards, which I thought were quite severe. And uh, his loss now from these two upcoming games, which are really, really important. We've talked about Robbie Benson before. He's been absolutely, um, I think he's been cursed this season from a point of view of injury. And also, Robbie Benson is not a dirty player. Robbie Benson has, just when he's returning from injury, has received red cards, I think, very harshly on all occasions. And I don't know what it is about League of Ireland referees, but, you know, you would not have Robbie Benson down as an indisciplined player any day of the week. He's certainly a player we need when we are struggling for quality, which we were in Galway. And he was being very constructive in that rather unconventional left-back, left-wing-back sort of position. And he did contribute, I thought, along with Doyle and Yuli Coco to much more cohesion, much more fluency. That said, as Martin says, we didn't do anything with it. Although we dominated possession in the midfield, we had Brian Kerr rather, you know, jittery in the in the commentary box. We were very good. We were very good in that first half, but didn't have any end product. When we got to the final third, you know, often the balls into the box were fairly 50-50 or straight to the keeper or overhead and out of play. Didn't really supply Patrick Hoban with much quality that he could get on. Daniel Kelly, very unfortunate not to have his effort um, converted just before halftime. And if you get your nose ahead, it could be a different story. Now, among the changes he made was something that we hadn't seen before. Now, after, I think, the defensive performance we had, you just got to change as much as you possibly can. We saw Greg Sloggett at centre-half, and we saw him at centre-half again on Monday. Now, we've often talked about Greg's defensive attributes as a midfielder, but to see him at centre-half was, you know, unexpected. But nonetheless, for a while, seemed to be his midfield attributes, the ability to pass, the pace to get forward, all of those seemed to be, you know, an asset. However, um, I think it was past manager said in the aftermath of the game, we knew Greg Sloggett was not a natural centre half, and that they seemed to pick apart in the in the in the second half. What's disappointing? We've said it before, said it a million times. The defensive frailties in this team surfaced again in the second half. To absolutely routine punts down the middle, misjudgments by our defenders, and suddenly Pat's guys are in very very easily. No real build up, nothing elaborate. Ball down the middle. You lose the foot race, two goals, and you're in trouble. However, given the abject capitulation and the failure to rally any sort of response in Galway, although there was a certain element of that to the second half, the second half was very much, you know, much it was very much worse than the first. Uh, we did lose the game in that second half. We did get a goal back, which was nice. Uh and it goes to show that it was a well-worked goal, a nice little subtle true ball from Archie Davis and a neat finish 
from um, from Dickie Kelly. If we had kept ten men, or if we had kept eleven men on the pitch, who knows what would have happened? Ended up that it didn't work out that way. We lost it fair and square. I'm not saying we were unlucky in it or anything like that. All I would say is that playing a high flying, confident Pats in front of a home crowd. It was always going to be an uphill battle to win that game, given our previous performance. But there were signs of some return to stability, albeit with the usual flaws that have dogged us all season. I was confident, as Damien said, of a win against Cork, simply because, and I'm not saying this just to needle Cork people, Cork are rubbish. And I said our performance down there on the April bank holiday was up until Galway, by far and away, our worst and most dismal and most uncharacteristically poor performance of the season. To lose to that Cork team, even away, was just, you know, a real low point of the season for me, in that I think they've got very little to offer. They are where they are on their table for, for you know, obvious reasons. And, you know, not putting the boot into a team that's just come up and are mostly probably first division caliber players. But I did think we'd win. Didn't expect us to win quite so handsomely, but it was pretty clear that they were probably, is it fair to say, they were the right opposition at the right time for us to sort of get back on an even keel? Oh, definitely. And I would say that, you know, to, to put a positive spin on it again, then that is exactly what the team needed. Now, I, I know the, the alternative thing is that uh, this is papering over the cracks. The other spin is that it's exactly what the team needed, as you said, you know, to be able to, you know, it's almost like a like a sparring partner, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a practice run to find your shooting boots again. And, you know, again, I, we've said it before, but we think one of the huge problems with this team is confidence. Um, I think the Monday's game told us really nothing about the defence, because even though Cork had some chances and and uh, Shep had to make some saves, they really didn't challenge us. But then the other end, you know, it was a chance probably to, you know, dust off and uh, the, the, the shooting boots. And maybe that kind of, you know, and players like Durant getting um, his first goal and such a great goal, Horgan up and running. So again, it could be that, that it could be dead right, which is exactly what we need at the exact right time going into the last set of games. Yeah, I think it was the, the right game, the right time, and in the right place. Because I think if that game, as as awful as you say, Cork where can, I think if you're travelling way down there on a Monday night to play the game, I, I wouldn't hold out much hope. So I don't know, I said, I asked you last night, Ken, is this a team that just can't travel? You know, like the the, the, the long spins, the three hours, the four hours down to play a game, is that a factor in, in the fact that we that we play so so poorly away, like to get come back to the to the to the Galway result, you know, it's just it was just really, really bad. But look, last night's game was like was brilliant for the fans. I see it was a nice bounce back, as Martin said earlier on, delighted for the for the for the coaching staff and for the players. Thought that you know that the crowd Oriel wasn't actually too bad considering because I, was, I wasn't expecting that many to make it out because the fact that you know as Rory says, I think we are finishing six as well. I'd I'd come in on you with that um on that bet i i can't see us climbing up the table i just think it's one of those things where results will go against us but like there was positives to take from last night um i thought I, as i said i thought daryl horgan was great i actually i know pat hooven people kind of think pat hooven's kind of come off the, the you know kind of 
gone off the radar a little bit. But I, I thought it was very telling last night when himself and, you know, um, Daryl Horgan came off that we kind of lacked that little bit of seniority on the pitch. But with that, saying that, I thought that Senan Mullen last night when he came on, I thought that he was very impressive. You know, it was nice to see a player coming out of the academy with such with such composure and strength for for a, for a young player. Because when he came on, he was targeted very, very quickly by the core players, like welcomed to the game with um, with harsh shoulders and feet. And he held um, he held himself up very, very well. He was very composed. He was fast. His pacing, his uh, his placing of the ball was very, very good. And he just it was a great game to be able to, you know, to blood him into it because you're you're complete, you know, in dominance. And it's just it's nice to be able to do that. I'd I'd like really like to see more of that, you know. But obviously, I think you have to be in the right set of circumstances, or possibly, you know, with the run in that we're going to have, you know, that it's, you know, that we, I don't think we're going to get above sixth. Um, but you know, maybe we should start blooding some more uh, players from the academy or players that just didn't really get a chance this season, you know, because of the pressures of Europe. Really, now we've got to start thinking about next season. You got to have a look at these players who are coming up from the academy and see do they you know it's it's probably the right environment to give a player 15 20 minutes against a beaten cork side on a monday night when there isn't a large traveling support base and the pressure is relatively off Todd Sandmoland did really well. He's a player that most people will know his name around about Dundalk, one of the most promising prospects we have and his little cameo you know there would be plenty to draw encouragement from there however You've now had two of you come in and say we're not getting above sixth. All right. Let's have a look at the run-in for everybody. Now, Bows are three points ahead of us as the league currently stands with the same amount of games played. When you see that gap, you know, after Bows um, posturing as if they were going to be title contenders, I think we said they're going to drop off and that's where they are. You look back at our own record and stuff like being beaten by Sligo at home and failing to beat 10-man shells in Talca Park they now look like such expensive uh, drop points because we would be, you know, we would be much closer to that European spot if we hadn't really um, let those very winnable games slip. But nonetheless, Bows are three ahead of us. Shells are four ahead of us and Pats are seven ahead of us. Now, you might think Pats look like, you know, that's an unassailable lead. You're not going to claw that back. Pats were beaten by Drogheda just after they played us. That is a warning about the draw the United game, but also it speaks a little bit about Pat's vulnerability. Both Pats and Bows are still involved in the cup, as you know, so that will inevitably mean a bit of their attention is there. Pats also, even though they're very far ahead of us, they undoubtedly have the toughest run in. All right, they've got to play a cork. That should be three points to them. Then they have their cup semi-final. But then Pats have to go to Daly Mount Park. They'll be playing at home against Sligo Rovers. Then they've got Shamrock Rovers and Derry in their last two games. Now, you can begin to guesstimate then that getting anything out of those last two games, maybe they get a point, maybe they get a two, but those are potential. Like they are playing the top two in their final two games. They're seven points ahead of us right now. That gives us something of a shot at catching them. It's almost unbelievable in that Bows, even though they're closer, they have a slightly softer run-in. So Bows go to Sligo, they play UCD. Okay, that are probably Bohemians' victories all the way. Then they play Pats, so somebody's got to lose out there. Then they play us, so we have a say in that. And then they finish up against Cork. If Bows are meeting Cork on the final day, you can assume that you know they're gonna they're gonna have their fate in their own hands on that one. Uh, but the game against us is very significant. 
Shelburne as well. This is where things get interesting. Shelburne also have to play us. Then they have to play Derry. And then they finish up with UCD and Drogheda. So basically, there is a route to European football remaining open to us, as unlikely and remote as it is. But what we really need to do is start with a victory and a loud derby. Now, last year, we couldn't get the better of Drogheda United. This year, the one bright spot, the one consistent one, is that we have just frustrated Drogheda. We've tormented Drogheda. We've done very well against Ramada. Even with rotten performances, we've come out with the points. Are we going to win on Friday? Uh, it's a big ask. Um, I'm tempted to say yes, right? I, I just think it's one of those games where actually the the atmosphere will sort of favour us, right? I think if it was, you know, one of these drab matches again on a Monday night or something like that, I'd be really worried because I would say that they're exactly the kind of team who might frustrate us and turn us over. But if it comes down to, you know, a sort of really rocking atmosphere in Oriel Park, I think if there's a sense of, you know, the sort of blood and thunder, you know, display on show, then I think that is the the sort of leveler in a way that I think it might make the game so, you know, sort of frenetic and frantic that I think we stand a good chance. And I think one of the things that has always generally favored us against Strata, right, is that at Weaver's Park, it tends to be very narrow and congested and that they can, you know, sort of uh, frustrate some of our wide play. Whereas at Oriel Park, I think there's a good bit more room and our wingers tend to, you know, prosper a bit more. And we talked about like the dangerous front players that we've had, uh, the likes of uh, Kelly and Horgan and Durant and people like this, right? I think if we can get those players into the game, then I think we stand a very good chance because I think they will be dangerous, right? And they will create chances and score goals. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and actually say that I, I think we might win this one. At the same time, I think it's a very tall order, right, to get European football uh, based on the just the gulf that we've left ourselves to, to third place, right? Not only do we need one of those teams to basically go on a dreadful run and us to go on an excellent run and, you know, sort of make it, but we need all of those teams simultaneously, right? All of the results to go away. And I think that's just far too much to ask, right? I don't think the stars can possibly align in our favor in that way. Could we finish, you know, maybe fourth? Okay. You know, if, certainly if we beat Shells and Bows, I think that puts us in the hunt. Uh, but again, even that right is a pretty big ask in itself, and we haven't had a particularly good record against either of those two sides so far this season. So we'll definitely have to again up our game to to try and do that. Um, I don't know. Like going back to something Damien said, right? I, I think it was interesting. He mentioned Patrick Huben, and you know, I'm one of those people who said that you know he has been very off the ball in the past few games. One of the criticisms that I would level at this team is that, you know, at times when the chips are down, you've really got to look to your big players, right? Your leaders to sort of galvanize everybody to get them by the scruff of the neck and, you know, try and find something. And I think Pat Hoobin has been sort of conspicuously absent in the past month, because I think if we look to any player in this Dundalk side, it's probably him, like that sheer sort of will to win and sort of ferocity in his game. That just seems to have been completely absent, right? He's been, um, I think, anonymous in almost all of these games, you know, go back to the, the Kaua uh, games in Europe as well. I think we've had a run where he just hasn't really seemed to play any part whatsoever. And at times when he's not scoring goals and things like that, you, you know, sort of might see him drop back deeper into midfield, pick up the ball, you know, play a more sort of influential role when he comes a bit deeper. But we didn't even see that either. And I think I'd be a little bit concerned when you have a 5-0 win over a pretty dreadful Cork side. And he's equally as anonymous, right, in that kind of performance, right, where he's not scoring goals, 
uh, not really sort of creating chances for other people either, right? That seems like, you know, something is is not quite right there. And, you know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes, might be playing with an injury or something like that, right? There could be many good reasons for this. He could be just a foil for, like, many other players where, you know, Horgan and Kelly and, you know, people are more effective because other defenses are, you know, paying more attention to Pat Hoobin. But even so, for a man who scored, I think, was it six goals in June or something like that, you know, and was really racking them up, seems to have very suddenly gone off the boil in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, with regards to, you know, the various uh, combinations of potential routes um, to European football, I, I got to agree with the rest of the lads, Ken. I don't share your optimism. That said, probably the best possible chance is us finishing fourth and, for instance, Pats, you know, finishing third and then winning the cup. And, you know, if I find myself up at Land's End Road with you, Ken, and we're cheering on Pats and they win and we make Europe, I'll make a hundred euro donation to Dundalk Dog Rescue. Okay. <laughs> you know, you can, you can we'll, we'll put that on the record now. Okay. Um, so I will, I will make a donation to Dundalk Dog Rescue should we make European football. Um, I really just think that, I mean, there are some potential banana skins for those teams, but as Martin said, we're, we're expecting too much of too many teams. Um, I think our race has run this season and that's fine. You know what I mean? You know, strangely, I was talking to someone uh, who was kind of lamenting all this and thinking of apocalyptic scenarios, like the owners pulling out and all this kind of stuff. And I would say that, you know, one of the things is that in a way, last season was the blip that, uh, the last season almost scuppered the things because there's a huge expectancy and it's always going to be a somewhat long-term two to three, four year process. And last year kind of got everyone riled up. This season has not been a good season and none of that's making excuses for it, but I think the race has run this year. Um, barring, you know, you never know. And interesting as you brought it up there as well, we did call early on in the season that Bose would drop off eventually. And some Bose fans had a go at us for that. You know, I, I think we were right in our in our uh, analysis of that, that they just didn't have the chops and the steam to um, to mount a, 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 a title defense. And they're above us in the table and, you know, they're in a cup semi-final. So it's not me gloating around, I guess. But uh, I, I always thought that, you know, some Bose fans did take exception to our correct prediction. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I do think our race is run. I think the conversation now needs to shift towards uh, next season. But we still have these games to play. As for Friday itself, um, I do think the fact that it's in Oriel and hopefully Monday's result will get the crowds back. It's Drogheda. The shed will be rocking. We've had their number this season. Elements of you know the game we played against Pats, the performance we put in against Cork. Drogheda are coming off defeating Pats though so it's one of those seasons you know it's week to week you never know what's going to happen but um you know I I would say that the Cork result definitely will give us a boost and just one last thing on Hoban I, I mean I would agree his his body language has been not only his performances but I think his body language in those games has been quite telling as well um but I thought he was somewhat effective from deep uh, last night. I mean, I think he was directly responsible, involved in at least one of the goals. And, you know, 
I said he could be plagued with an injury. You never know what's happening. But I, I think Martin's correct. I think in the last few weeks, he's definitely been off the boil. And it's his body language has been the big thing. For a player who is just usually the one who is dragging the rest of the team over the line, that, that has been missing. But you never know. 5-0 at home could be the thing that begins to put the wheels in motion for, for, for a finale. It's not usually me being the optimistic one, but um, the next two games, like for a season where we are six in the table, like in the old days, six in the table, you're you're out of everything and that's you done. But the next two games are actually massive. Playing Drogheda, obviously, team below us in the table, but we know how evenly matched we've been in a lot of the loud derbies this season. So taking that for granted, it almost sounds like they, you're, 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 you're noting of uh, Patrick Hoban not being on the score sheet, references to underwhelming and performance. It's almost like you're you're you know tempting fate to make him be the crucial player in in uh, this fixture on Friday night. But we played Drogheda, obviously a win there, and the table could change quite radically depending on what happens uh, elsewhere. And then it's Shelburne next, and that Shelburne game in Talca Park. Well, that's really going to decide whether or not this outside chance of European football is on or not. If Shelburne win that, it's pretty much all over. And if we win it, it's pretty much game on. Uh, just to complete our fixtures then for the season, away to Sligo Rovers, where Sligo are in, once again, you know, there's there's a certain unpredictability about Sligo. They can beat Derry one week, they can be abject, and their fans are really, really uh, on their back Um another week so Sligo have been a crisis club for months as regards performances but they turn around and beat Derry once again you mentioned like this is the season where there is very little predictable everybody seems to fall out of form every fortnight whenever Shamrock Rovers slip up everybody else obligingly slips up they drew against bottom club UCD who would assign who would have imagined that but then pretty much everybody else couldn't gain ground on them Derry get beaten in Sligo and pass get beaten by Drogheda then subsequently on Monday. So to finish off then, our final two games are Bohemians. They're another of that team. So we mentioned this kind of mini league with us and, and the rest of the Dublin teams. Another one of those, they come to Oriel Park, where we're always a little bit more confident than when we're away. Final game of the season then in UCD, who are already relegated, and we should be able to handle them if we're in with a shout. So looking at it, I mean, whereas the season is usually dead as a doornail, and you're kind of, all writing it off and the next two games could really reignite this season as regards there being something to play for yeah i think everything kind of hinges can if you want to go down that that roost of your real positive thinking that uh, it all kind of hinges on on friday night it is a very very important game uh, if that is the case i i think martin i think that we will get that uh crowd i think on friday i think the, the, the five minute bounce one that we should give you know people that, that that bit of a buzz to go up to Oriel Park. I'm looking at the highlights of uh, the Drogheda game against Pats. It looks like they had quite a, an impressive support there for, for a Monday night. So I'd say they'll they'll fancy their chances coming up the up the M1 up to Oriel to the um you know to see if, if they can win. So I think that the atmosphere should be quite good on, on Friday night and hopefully that'll you know spur us on to 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 gather another three points. And then if you were to follow Ken's optimistic you know i suppose theory that that's gonna makes the, the shelburne game all the more important but then again when i think of that on the road against shells that's where i think our, our stumbling block would be because it could be this friday night but i think that's possibly where it could go you know against the travel uh, traveling over to sligo as i said i don't think we did too well on the road and that's another jaunt across the country um 
I just you know, and, and Sligo are unpredictable as well as Ken said. So um, I so I just I just don't share that optimism, Ken. I'm very very sorry. Um, I, you know, I'm not too sure. I think there's twists and turns. I think there's going to be plenty of what ifs, you know, that to, to come. But I don't think that uh, Europe is on the cards, and um, that's an unfortunate thing to say. Well, you might be right. I mean, I'm not really basing that as a prediction. I'm just merely saying it's still a possibility. We would need stars to align and, and certain performances to transform. And it's a tough task now for, for um, Stephen O'Donnell in that, you know, you probably have a few players who might be on the verge of returning from injury. Who do you pick? Like, what's our, what's our best 11? Nobody really knows. Um, and particularly the back line. It could be he, he has tried all these various different combinations and Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. They say that form goes out the window for derbies. Let's hope that cliche is true because our form has been a bit patchy. But it should be a great occasion on Friday night and one that is still significant as as that kind of that tiny space that we might still get into to get into Europe next season uh, still remains a possibility. Do you want to turn to Twitter stroke X to see what the fans made of Friday night and then the big win on Monday? So, in reaction to um, the first of all Friday night's defeat to Pats, Kevin Mullen said, "Same old story. Loads of possession, very little output, and a shambles at the back. Need six points next week to lift the gloom." Well, we're halfway there. Brian says, "When he leaves a central defender on the bench, albeit a very poor one, the signs are ominous. Still a shambles." Shane McGurk thought it was definitely a second yellow for Robbie. It was a rash challenge. It was shocking and weak defending from Muller for the two goals. A rash challenge from Sloggett was definite penalty. The team is a mishmash every week. Davis and Horgan are trying, but the rest are on holiday already. Uh, and he asked, why doesn't he give young Mayo a chance? Um, Sean says, there was pressure in the first half, but hardly anything you could call clear chances. Pats came out in the second half and blew us away. Shepard was in no man's land for the second goal. If O'Kane was fully fit, he should have been on from the start or at least sooner. Sean O'Brien thinks apathy is probably our enemy now. Not a great turnout and not a lot to look forward to. The squad for next year is okay if we can afford to pay them a rough few weeks. It'll be grand, probably. Don Dalgan thought, uh, lack of urgency, sense of resignation, season's over vibe. Suggests we need total rebuild as old stalwarts coming to natural end of their careers. Um, Need to blood more younger players at this latter stage of the season. And look for some canny purchases, purchases next season and look to the future. Um, so then in reaction to the hammering of Cork City 5-0, Kevin Mullen says we should let's enjoy the win. Uh, a great set of results are, uh, around us on the night. Uh, a win versus Drogs on Friday and the hunt for top four very much on the cards again. Jason Kirk says not sure how to take this. Yes, we score, uh, scored first, kept clean sheet and got a lock of goals. But we did the same against Pats early in the season and where we all know how that season progressed. Realistically, we should be beating Cork given their form and league position. Let's see how Friday goes. David Rafferty says you couldn't help but notice how vociferous the manager was on the sideline last night. Perhaps if he'd been as enthusiastic about other games, we would have been in a cup semi-final and higher up the table. I think that's a bit unfair on Skip. I think he's always vociferous. Sean thinks, um, great result, particularly as I live in Cork, and as usual, we can beat the teams below us. But Drogs v Pats result is actually more interesting. Why would they be able to beat Pats and not us? 
next result is crucial. Paul Vance says, have to say on that performance, Cork is the worst top flight I've seen this season. He hasn't seen UCD. Very poor last night. Uh, they must have been missing a few players. And Robert Kelly thinks we are back in it, lads. So some interesting comments there. The season still alive, flickering away. Chance of Europe. None of you believe that we can make it. Tell you the truth, we may, we may not. But it's good to know that there is something at stake on Friday night. One word of caution. Reactions live during the game by podcasters on the sideline. Given um, the contribution of the Three Amigos podcast to their Three Nil, I didn't see if there was a subsequent kind of follow up to that. Do you think that's a good idea? Is that something we should get into? And I think we possibly would be sued or uh, up for some kind of anti defamation uh, law if we were allowed. Although I'd say we'd be quite level headed uh, in in our in our post game. Uh, reactions. I don't think we'd be as emotional. We're a fairly stoic uh, set. Yeah, well, you've kind of had to be at times this season. I was just going to add that, like, it's it's rare to go a season without you know some prominent journalist or podcaster being banned from Oriel Park. So I think we've managed nearly the whole season so far. So surely somebody's got to you know. Uh, I was going to say put their money where their mouth is, uh, <laughs> put their foot where their mouth is, and uh, and make it a thing. Well, I suppose it's one of the advantages of not being terribly prominent. Anyway, <laughs> we well, we we did ascend temporarily to the lofty heights of the official uh, press section in Oriel Park for our European games. So we 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 saw, you know, we were almost within touching distance of Jerry Malone and uh, people like that. So we were, uh, you know, we, we you know we had our foot in the door of uh, being, yeah, the pantheon of. Uh, media legends and um you know we, we've returned to our darkened corner yeah like which is our appropriate place like you've, you've got to keep your feet in the ground you can't be you can't be rubbing shoulders with local media luminaries like jerry malone when we're when we're only a modest fan base podcast so on that humble note i suppose it's time to wrap it up for another show onward and upward onto the loud derby on friday night and thanks to everybody for contributing on twitter uh, thanks to Ruri for mentioning our, our charity partner, Dundalk Dog Rescue, who we will have more news about our collaboration with them. The club were kind enough to help us out recently with a little uh, publicity event that we're doing for that. And we hope to do a little bit more by the end of the season. So we maybe talk about that in our next episode. Um, thanks very much to all the contributors, Martin Mullen, Damien Kenny and Ruri Murphy. And uh, we'll be back to chat again after they draw the game. Here for the man, this ain't the face of football, the face of football, the face of football.